Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Kenora Resources third quarter 2021 conference call. At this time, all lines are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Monday, November 8, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Paul Hewitt, Chairman and CEO. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Hello and good evening, everyone, from Perth, Australia, where it is 11 p.m. at night. I would like to welcome everyone to the Corora Resources third quarter conference call. It was another strong quarter for us setting new production and cash balance records. Before we get into the details of the quarter, it is important for me to point out that during the third quarter, we became the first junior gold producer to achieve carbon neutrality in 2021 for both scope one and scope two emissions at our operation. This is an achievement the entire Corora team is extremely proud of. We all look forward to building on this board-driven initiative. In fact, I would encourage anyone that has the time to watch or listen to Oliver Turner, our executive vice president, in one hour as he gets interviewed live with six during a webinar. Oliver will be providing additional details on our efforts. I am joined this evening here in Perth by Graham Sloan, Managing Director of our Australian operations, and on the line with us is Oliver Turner, Executive Vice President of Corporate Development. This morning, we issued a news release outlining our results for the third quarter. Our MD&A and financial statements for the period ended September 30th, 2021 have been filed all of which are available on Corora's website and under Corora's profile on CDAR. Uh, and just as a reminder, uh, for those of you who want to follow, we do have a slide presentation that's available on our website. There's a link there. Uh, before I begin the presentation, I would like to remind you to please review our cautionary statements regarding forward-looking formation, non-IFRS non measures, and our 2021 to 2024 growth plan, which can be found in our management discussion and analysis, news releases, and our presentations. Over to slide five um, with some highlights. For those of you following the presentation, actually, sorry, actually, for those of you following the presentation, I'm actually on slide five now. Um, the third quarter realized excellent performance for the company with record gold production for the second consecutive quarter, as well as lower costs. We also reported strong resource definition and exploration drilling results from Beta Hunt for both gold and nickel, and some very encouraging early stage gold exploration results from the Lake Cowan area 
on our massive Higginsville land package, all of which will be included in our next resource and reserve statement. As previously announced, in the third quarter, we produced 30,365 gold ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of $967 US sold. Year-to-date, for 2021, we've produced approximately 85,000 ounces at an average ASIC of about $1,000 per ounce sold, which certainly positions us well to meet our 2021 guidance. As a reminder, our guidance for 2021 was a range between 105 to 115,000 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost Again, a range between 985 to 1,085 per ounce U.S. dollars. While we have achieved new production records during 2021 and are on track for a record year, the best certainly is still yet to come. Our multi-year organic growth plan announced early this year will put us on a path to achieving annual production between approximately 185 to 205,000 ounces by 2024 um, at an all-in sustaining cost of 885 to 985. So as we're growing that, we're still encouraged by reduction in cost. With our strong balance sheet and robust cash flow generation, our growth plan is self-funded and will provide a path to elevate Corora into the next tier of gold producers and a higher market valuation for our shareholders. Over the past two years, we have worked hard to earn a reputation for delivering on our promises, and we intend to continue to deliver as we execute our growth plan. As a reminder, our previously announced three-year production cost and capital guidance is shown on slide five. Our approach is to minim no sorry our approach is to minimize execution risk by keeping things simple for example what we intend to do is double production capacity by adding a second ramp or decline so essentially what we're going to do is repeat something we've already done the beta hunt ramp when we got there was generating about 35,000 tons a month uh, three years ago, we managed to consistently get 80,000 tons out of that same infrastructure. So we've gone um, in the past two years from 35,000 tons to 80,000 tons out of the beta hunt ramp. By putting in the second ramp, we intend to repeat that success in keeping our story simple. This low-risk approach also applies to our growth capital investment which will be carefully phased over the expansion construction period, reducing or eliminating any need for one-off large capital outflows. I'm just gonna go over to slide six quickly just to talk about some financial highlights. Third quarter revenue was very strong with approximately $68 million. That's up $9 million or 15% compared to third quarter 2020. Third quarter adjusted earnings were 14.2 million or 
10 cents per share, which is 3% or half a million dollar improvement again over Q3 of 2020. Third quarter adjusted EBITDA was $28.5 million or 19 cents per share, which is a 16% increase over the same period in 2020. Our cash balance at the end of Q3 was the highest ever with $86.7 million, even after we increased capital deployment to prepare new mining areas at Higginsville and accelerated exploration program. In Q3, we realized an injection of approximately $10 million from warrants during the quarter. These warrants had placed some pressure on our share price for some time. It's actually really good to have these warrants behind us now. Before I pass the call over to Graham, I just really want to take an opportunity to acknowledge the performance of our operating team here in Australia for once again delivering such a strong quarter and overcoming many challenges we face um, from everything, including COVID again. Uh, a special thanks to our GMs, both of them, Alan and Don, for their continued efforts and sacrifices. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Graham, to give more of the operational highlights. Thank you, Paul. As Paul has mentioned, another very solid quarter for Cora, especially around our key safety and environmental metrics, where we saw Beta Hunt move to 448 LTI free days and Higginsville 195, and our mining TRIFA rate, which is an industry-wide safety measure, continuing to fall. On the environmental front, we had zero reportable environmental incidents for the quarter. One area which is a growing concern for the entire industry is the effect COVID is having on people and costs. You may be aware the state of WA has a strict border policy within Australia and with international passage. This has placed considerable pressure on the WA labour pool and import of foreign goods. Despite this, we have remained relatively unscathed, although this may change as we move forward. To date, we have been reasonably successful with the retention of our people and fighting the rising costs. Yet, like all mining companies in Australia, we are not immune to these impacts and continue to look at ways to mitigate and reverse the effects of both. On the production front, we again achieved record gold production and our all-in sustaining cost in line with guidance. On a consolidated basis, mine production was 406,000 tonnes with 358,000 processed through the Higginsville plant at an average grade of 2.8 grams a tonne. Mill recoveries remain consistent and very strong at 94%, demonstrating the benefits of an optimised feed blend of beta hunt and Higginsville material. Mine production at Higginsville was 184,000 tonnes at 1.9 grams, primarily from the hidden secret open pit. Milled tonnes were 134,000 at a grade of 2.1, both improvements compared to quarter two. At Spargos, site infrastructure is now in place, development works complete, and initial mine production commenced. 
A photo of the current Spargos open pit is shown on page 8 of the slide deck. Looking back, it has been just over 12 months since we acquired Spargos. We have drilled and modelled a resource, gained all necessary permits and approvals, developed the mine plan, completed first-class grade control drilling, installed all the necessary infrastructure, mobilised contractors and our people to site, carried out the pre-stripping operations and commenced production. So quite a feat in just over 12 months. At Aquarius, decline development is underway after completion of the box cut and portal during the quarter. We expect to intersect the Aquarius mineralisation in the first half next year with stoke production shortly after that. At Two Boys, rehabilitation of the Two Boys underground is nearing completion with a number of drill sites made ready. Surface and underground drilling is planned to continue until early next year. If you move to slide 9, operational highlights beta hunt. At beta hunt, a total of 224,000 tonnes was milled at a grade of 3.2 grams, making up 63% of the total tonnes milled for the quarter. Total gold produced was just under 22,000 ounces. To support the planned growth in beta hunt production, planning of the second decline is mostly complete and the staged mobile fleet replacement program well underway. A key part of the growth plan is ventilation and in quarter three, the stage one ventilation upgrade project was completed. The third quarter also saw a strong increase in nickel sales, resulting in increased byproduct credits. Current nickel production areas remain limited to remnant resources. However, we are actively advancing exploration and in some instance, development activities in the recently announced 30C and 50C nickel areas. Our aim to significantly expand future nickel production beginning in the latter part of next year. Slide 12, exploration resource definition highlights. As previously reported, the company has numerous resource and exploration opportunities at various stages of progress across its West Australian tenements. To advance and unlock this value, we have allocated an annual budget of 20 to 25 million commencing 2023 through to 2024. At Beta Hunt, just over 9,000 metres of drilling was completed during the quarter, with the key focus being the upgrading and extending of the existing western flanks and A-zone resources, defining a new resource at the Larkin Gold Zone, defining a new nickel resource at 30C, at the 30C discovery, and following up on the high-grade 50C nickel discovery holes. At Higginsville, resource definition drilling was focused on supporting life of mine production plan, the life of mine production plan around the main mining centres. Drilling targeted extensions and upgrades to the two boys and Aquarius deposits, testing extensions to the hidden secret open pit and the mouse hollow resource. Results have been slow in coming, but we are expecting or hoping a good number will be forthcoming in the fourth quarter or this quarter. Exploration activities in Hickensville have delivered a number of significant new drill results and also saw the completion of the CSA Global Targeting Study. The CSA study focused on Lake Cowan area, 
in particular the Sleuth Trend, which extends for over 25 kilometres and includes Balu Open Pit, Monsoon and Nanook Prospects. The new results, and if you see the release date of September 14, 21, include RC Drill Hole 104, which insected 21.2 grams over three metres, and a Diamond Drill Hole uh, 364, which intersected primary mineralisation of nine grams over 0.75 metres. Laboratory turnaround time for samples remains a significant regional challenge with third-party laboratories all at full capacity. As a result, we've commissioned our own lab facility to address quicker turnaround of mill and high-priority grade control samples with the remainder still sent to off-site labs. So in conclusion, quarter three was our best operating quarter to date and we look forward to delivering many more as we embark on our new growth plan. Thank you and I'll now turn the call over to Oliver Turner. Thanks, Graham, and hello, everyone. I'm just turning over to the next slide, 12. The third quarter saw a lot of activity both at the operations and across our corporate offices. We attended our first in-person conference since the beginning of the pandemic, the Denver Gold Forum, which turned out to be a very successful event for Corora and its shareholders. Our strong share price performance since the end of the third quarter has been the result of a confluence of positive factors. First and foremost, we have continued to deliver on our operational promises. This has built up the increased investor confidence gained over the course of the year. At the end of September, we experienced some pressure on our stock as our publicly traded warrants were exercised. However, since that event, we have seen strong share price performance in the market. We believe this was due to the addition of new institutional shareholders, some strong technical triggering events, as well as a welcomed return of capital flows to gold mining equities across the sector. Last quarter, we were proud to announce our partnership with the Net Zero Company to spearhead our carbon reduction initiative. As Paul previously mentioned, this quarter we are extremely pleased to announce carbon neutrality in 2021 across our Scope 1 and Scope 2 emissions. This was achieved via an investment in an Australian reforestation and conservation project, amongst others. This initial step is only the first of many, which will include a medium and long-term plan to reduce emissions across our operations and offices as we transition towards a greener future. We are currently evaluating several initiatives and technologies to reduce our emissions, and we'll be outlining our roadmap as we develop a strategy moving forward. Climate change and addressing our carbon impact is clearly something we take seriously at Corora, and we are proud to be pioneers in the junior gold sector. And with that, I'll turn the call back over to Paul. Thanks very much, Oliver and Graham. Um, now we're going to turn it over to you for some Q&A. I see that we're, we're right at that 20-minute mark. So let's turn it over for some Q&A questions, please. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star followed by two. And if you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Your first question comes from Ovez Habib with Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Thanks, Operator. Hi, Paul and uh, Corora team. 
Um, congrats on a good quarter. Uh, this was despite uh, challenging weather and uh, COVID impact, so congrats on that. Uh, Paul, my first question is, um, you know, whether these challenges continue in Q4, I mean, in terms of the weather, obviously COVID, you know, continues as well, but any color uh, on how Q4 is progressing? Essentially, you know, you produce about 30,000 ounces in Q3. You need about 20,000 ounces to, uh, you know, in Q4 to meet the lower end of guidance. So just trying to gauge how Q4 is uh, essentially shaping up. Yeah, okay. thanks very much for the question. Look, we've we've really set the stage to end the quarter strong. Um, unless there's any really big unforeseen issues with with weather um, or COVID impact, and and look, we know that that can happen. So I would never say that's never going to happen. Um, we have put in a lot of mitigation here to to prevent this. So we have a lot of policies and procedures in place. We have our own chartered planes that we're doing. We're doing a lot of steps to prevent any type of outbreak or um, any type of COVID situation. You know, we're not, we're we're like everyone else. It, it does happen from time to time. And in fact, uh, we have had it happen this year where uh, we had to shut down the mill for a couple of days as a result of it. But, um, God willing, everything goes the way we have gone for the first three quarters. Um, Q4 will be a, another solid quarter. You know, Beta Hunt produces uh, 75% of our ounces, and Beta Hunt is, is going quite strong. It's probably the easiest mine I've ever been part of in my career. We mine six soaps a uh, quarter. Um, we don't even have to backfill, and um, they're very continuous, good soaps. So, we have a lot of that in front of us already pre-drilled and pre-blasted. So provided we don't have any unique surprises, we're going to end the year with a record year here of Ace for us and our shareholders. That's, that's great to hear, Paul. Uh, and, and just, uh, you know, quickly uh, on, on 50C zone. Uh, now, I, I think I may have missed it and, and maybe Graham touched on it a little bit is, is essentially how that development is moving along and when do you start expecting um, uh, to start pulling ore from there? Yeah, pulling ore is a little premature. Look, it was it was a, a good discovery, right? It was a massive discovery south of the fall for us. Um, we're still waiting on assays. We, we put out the press release on uh, six of the holes. We're still awaiting assays and, and look, we, we're hopeful we're, we're awaiting assays below the nickel as well. If we look to the north here, most of the geologic formation, you see the, the nickel and then below it, there's gold. So um, we're like everyone else here. We're really eager to await uh, for assays. As soon as we get them, we're going to be announcing them. So 50C is a very encouraging, exciting area, especially considering we've been mining remnant areas um, in the nickel since we've taken this thing over. So getting into 30C and 50C are going to be big parts of our program for 2022 and getting out of the remnant areas into those new areas. So we're a ways away from actual mining into 50C. You know, we just discovered it. So, um, But we're eager to get results and then share them with the rest of the world. Got it. 
Uh, and that's uh, it for me, uh, Paul. I uh, appreciate uh, all the color. Thanks, Ovais. Your next question comes from Matthew O'Keefe with Patrick Fitzgerald. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks, Operator. It's Cantor Fitzgerald. Um, uh, congrats on a great quarter, guys. Um, again, just banging it out, uh, looking great. Just some questions on on what we're we're going to see going forward here a little bit. I mean, you had some very good grades coming out of uh, of Beta Hunt in Higginsville. Um, Beta Hunt was very high. I mean, are we going to see that? Is I mean, I'm feeling like Beta Hunt is kind of getting hitting its stride here and should be fairly consistent with respect to grade and tons. And then with Higginsville, it should be more variable because we have a couple of new, uh, new mines uh, coming on or, or new sources of material coming into the mill. So the, the question is, well, I mean, is Hunt going to be consistent? And then should we look to see some more variability from uh, Higginsville? And will that be, you know, with Spargos or Lake Cowan, how will those grades, or sorry, with Spargos, those grades kind of impact, um, impact the recoveries and, and um, grades uh, going forward? Yeah, look, thanks for the question, Graham. I'm going to let you answer considering you, you're monitoring every stope and everywhere we're mining in Q4 to end the year. So why don't you talk about the grade, Graham? I will indeed. Thanks, Matthew, for the question. Firstly, um, look, as you know, uh, we've, we, there's a number of stopes we mine throughout the year. Some of those are higher grades than the others. The average grade gets us up around that 2.6 to 2.8 grams. We did, we were mining this quarter some of the higher grade stopes, so we did see some of the, the better grades come through. But overall, what we're seeing is for the year, we'll see somewhere around the reserve grade, uh, which is which is around, as I said, that 2.6 to 2.8. So um, going forward, uh, look, I, I see exactly the same thing happening. Sometimes we'll be mining these lower grades, but overall, um, we'll get that average grade coming up um, through the ranks now. Um, I, I think your other part of your question about uh, uh, the, the 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 grades, uh, sorry, the um, the stopes, the, what we're looking to do in the future. Um, again, uh, we're, we're we're mining some of those from from uh, from the western flanks, which. Again, when we get into the A zone, we normally get some of that little bit of coarse gold come through, which may help the grade as well. We've been mining mostly Western flanks up until now. Uh, okay. Okay. Thanks on that. Um, I can just uh, change gears a bit of another question on the on the carbon credits, which is um, obviously something that everyone's got to be looking at now and applaud you for, for jumping on that. But I'm just curious to help us out here. So where did you purchase the credits and, and how much did that actually cost to purchase credits versus um, actually reducing the carbon on site? Um, yeah, so just to be clear, our focus will always be to reduce our own carbon footprint, right? Our goal is to get our scope one, scope two emissions as low as we can, and we're doing that. We've already done that in many ways. Our first step was to actually understand how much carbon we're emitting and, and get somebody in there to help us. Look, let's face it, uh, three, four years ago when I was CEO of another company, I wasn't even thinking or talking about carbon credits or net zero or net neutrality. So becoming net neutral was a big step for us. And these offsets um, that we were able to 
company Net Zero itself, that company Net Zero assisted us along the way because they are experts in this field and we wanted to make sure that we were getting certified and qualified credits um, and they were helping the areas that we're working in here. So they were um, along the areas where the bushfires occurred here in Australia. Um, you know, the exact amount at the top of my head, I don't remember it, but I, I know that um, we had purchased about 70,000 tons of offsets. Um, I could come back to you on the exact amount. I don't know it at the top of my head. Sorry for that, but I know that we purchased offsets for 70,000 tons with the goal, uh, an objective from the board on everyone here, getting neutral by reducing our own emissions with trucks, um, renewable energy, um, diesel, biodiesel stuff, a lot of the stuff others are looking at as well. Uh, we've just pulled the trigger really quickly and, and we know that it's paying off. We can we hear it in a lot of the calls that we're having with institutions, actually. Um, I've been doing a lot of marketing, uh, so has Oliver, and we've been getting some very strong positive feedback as a result of taking that first step on it. Okay, yeah, no, I was just kind of trying to get a sense of what, what how carbon is priced uh, locally or, or, you know, how, how, it gets, how it gets factored into costs or all in sustaining maybe going forward for cash costs. I'm not just sure how you're going to account for it, but I, I think it's great. Um, I'll follow up with you on that later. Uh, and yeah. Just sort of the, the final question then is um, just on, on costs. I mean, we're seeing, obviously, inflation is a big, big uh, component out here. We're seeing cost creep in other companies. Um, I mean, diesel's obviously gotten more expensive. I'm assuming. I'm not sure how you, how you, how much uh, explosives and when you, when you, how, how, how much that you bring in at any one time. I mean, are you seeing? You must be seeing some um, uh, increases there. And um, I'm wondering if you can put an, an estimate on to, you know, what inflation is going to have an impact on in maybe 22 costs, if you have been able to think about that yet. Yeah. So look. We're, we're not sheltered from any of that. Some of, you know, all the companies here in WA are competing with not just labor costs, which is actually one of the big ones, Nick. One of the big ones is actually labor. So one of the things that's creeping on us is labor. Um, we're offsetting some of that by some really, really good productivity rates. Graham and the team, we've seen productivity rates come up uh, in some areas 10 to 30%. Um, we've seen productivity rates and the ramp come up significantly. So we we are seeing commodities, reagents. Um, look, I'll give you one example. We saw um, transportation for equipment for getting stuff delivered come up like 700%. We were we were quite surprised, but we've been putting in a lot of steps in our purchasing department, buying longer, uh, buying more bulk stuff, buying, negotiating better terms. Uh, the productivity rates on our people are really stepping up and has been helping reduce our costs. So all the steps, everything together, we've been holding that $1,000 all in sustaining costs. And, and look, again, I think we'll, we'll, where we're going to end the year is definitely within that guidance that we put out earlier this year. Despite some of these challenges that we are facing, I'm pretty confident that we will hit those guidelines that we put out this year. Okay, great. Well, thanks, and um, yeah, uh, uh, keep up the keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Thanks.
Your next question comes from Nicholas Dion with Cormark Securities. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Congrats on another good quarter. Um, most of my questions have been answered. I guess maybe I'll just ask on the phase one expansion. Uh, I read that that's you know, expected to be completed this quarter. So just wondering if you could give us a bit of an update on that, as well as the uh, the stage one ventilation that you completed at Beta Hunt. Just maybe uh, just elaborate on those. Yeah, why don't, Nick, I'm, I'm going to let Graham talk to them. I know the answer to both, but I know these are both good operational things. So, Graham, if you want to talk to the expansion of the mill and then the stuff we did uh, on the infrastructure for the ventilation. Let, let me start off with the, uh, the ventilation. The, the stage one ventilation is now complete. It's been commissioned and up and ready. This uh, will obviously take uh, allow us to sort of move into the growth phase uh, when it does start off, but also allows us to move into those bottom areas around Larkin Zone, which we can now take in and start developing some of those areas, 30C and 50C. So it's a it's a big step for us. It's very important as, as was done on time and on budget. So that's a great achievement by the team on site. Um, as far as the Higginsville plant upgrade, um, look, the planning is well underway. We should be um, uh, ordering the long lead items uh, early part of New Year or um, even later this year. But uh, that's, it's, that should be in there. That will be, we've got plenty of time for it to come on board. Um, and the, uh, environment, uh, sorry, the engineering studies are underway. So all in all, um, on schedule. Um, and we should, as I said, start putting in the orders for the long lead items shortly. Sorry, Nick. I know that you had asked about phase one, so actually Graham understood phase two, so he's right. Phase two, all that stuff we are ordering for that phase two, but that phase one is expected to be complete by the year end. We have the screens that have arrived uh, that we have a crew putting in. I know that we're flying to site in the morning. Uh, we're actually going to see some of those screens actually ourselves. Those are some of the final components to complete uh, phase one altogether. So phase one will be complete sorry. this quarter. Yeah, sorry, Paul, I, I misinterpreted that. So you're, yeah, you're, no worries, Graham. It's hard to correct. hear. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% correct, Paul. It's the phase one is is well and truly in hand. The last piece of equipment is on site, and it'll be installed before the end of the year. So yeah. again, with that one as well, all on track. Okay, that's great, guys. Thanks. Uh, that's it for me. Thanks, Nick. Your next question comes from John Squadnik with Desjardins. Please go ahead. Hey, thanks, guys. Great quarter, and uh, nice to see the stock responding here. Um, just to follow up, I guess, uh, on Matt's question, just with the grade at beta hunt, just wondering if it was kind of in line or slightly above your expectations, and, and generally if you're seeing some positive grade reconciliation at beta hunt. Sorry, I was on Instagram. Do you want to take that? Yeah, go ahead, Grant. Yeah. yeah, no, this is it was definitely planned. It's it's in our mind plan. We will hit these high grade stopes throughout the year. Um they they're particular in in and around um certain areas in western flanks um and to a lesser extent at A zone. Um so yeah, well look we fully expected to hit this this stope. We plan around them. We would like to see more of them, obviously, but um 
they were all part of the, the long-term mine plan for us. Okay, perfect. I appreciate that color. Um, and just on, on CapEx, uh, it came a little higher than uh, than I was expecting this quarter. Obviously got a few projects on the go though. Um, is this associated with the, the equipment replacement at Beta Hunt? Um, and then just also just wondering what level of CapEx we can expect for Q4 and if you're still expecting to be within the guidance range on that. Yeah, so look, it's a double blessing here, right? So we it was some trucks that we had available and exploration drill rigs. So because uh, we had brought in some strong geology people earlier on in the year, they had access to drills that we didn't have access to earlier in the year. Uh, so we were able to take advantage of that and get some extra drills and um, drill more in Q3 and there was addition of some equipment. So at Q4, we're hoping to try to get um, some more equipment in advance of 2022. Uh, the capital should be within the guidance for the year. Okay, perfect. Yeah, the rest of my questions have been answered. Thanks a lot, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have any questions, please press star one. Your next question comes from Pierre Valencourt with Haywood. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Um, wondering if you could um, provide some detail on your unit cost, just, you know, net of the uh, currency impact, just, you know, how, how you're doing on, on a per ton basis at uh, each operation. Graham, can you hear me? Yep, yep, I can. Uh, yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'll take this one if you like, Paul. And you um, can stick look, to the, yeah. the transportation, the milling, and mining to those, yeah. Yep. Yeah, look, um, the the mining costs at uh, at Cedar Hunt have remained pretty stable um, over throughout the year, which is good to see. We have seen, um, obviously, the increase, which has sort of taken a little bit off the, the overall mining costs, but they simply sit in that uh, uh, the range of between around that forty to eighty, uh, sorry, seventy five dollars a ton for mining costs, and then sort of it goes into the um, the milling costs around twenty five to thirty ton, thirty dollars a ton, and there's some haulage costs on top of that, and, and admin as well. So I can provide uh, probably a little bit more detail um, offline, but as far as Higginsville. Um, around that, those mining costs are, are simply around the open pits. Uh, they are similar around the cost, again, around those costs of beta hunt, probably slightly higher, um, around the $50 a tonne, that sort of number. Um, milling costs, obviously, the same. Transport costs are a bit less because we're not transporting it as far as, 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 uh, as uh, beta hunt. However, and the underground costs uh, really haven't come to the fore because we're sort of still early stage for those. So overall, our costs are in that order. Um, and as far as sort of going forward, we anticipate those costs to be around the same in next year as well. Okay, no, thanks, Rand. Yeah, if if, um, if at some point you, you could uh, just uh, provide me with a more... Um, exact number for for each one just uh, be, be great to uh, to be able to keep track of that 
Um, also, uh, just just wondering, uh, Graham, on the breakdown. So uh, you mentioned that uh, Beta hunts about 75% of gold production. How how's that going to shape up in Q4 and uh, and in 2022? Uh, I'm assuming we'll see a larger pro uh, proportion from Hagensville. Maybe maybe you can elaborate on just what what the uh, the contribution is uh, in the context of the guidance that you provided. Absolutely. The the um, beta hunt will continue around that sort of the million tonne per annum rate. That's about 80,000 tonnes, 85,000 tonnes a month. Um, and that'll continue on until the latter part of the year, of next year, um, when we should start seeing a little bit extra come through with the with the additional development for the second decline going in and starting to access some of those top areas. So that, and then as we go into 23, obviously that starts to increase quite significantly. Um, Higginsville, on the other hand, including Spargos, will start to pick up pace as well. In fact, we will see uh, a, a lot more tonnes coming from from Spargos, uh, around that uh, 30,000, 35,000 tonnes a month coming in from Spargos and then the the undergrounds both at uh, Aquarius and to a lesser extent two boys in the latter part of next year will start to pick up pick up pace but it won't be a lot about the tons at Higginsville if you like um, Beta Hunt will be like your the the main supplier of tons uh, your bread and butter it's uh, your standard stock standard 2.6 to 3 gram material coming through However, your Higginsville um, production centres and Spargos will be the, a bit of the cream. It'll be the higher grade, but not a lot of tonnes coming into there. So it's, it won't be about the tonnes from Higginsville. It'll be more about the grade coming in from Higginsville. Um, and we still have a number of resources out there that produce um, bulk low-grade tonnes. When I say low-grade, somewhere around the one and a half to two and a half grams. Um, or up to the two grams anyway. Um, so, but they will come in at a later stage in the in the production profile or the production mine life plan, life of mine plan that we have uh, we, we're developing. So, we've got really the best of both. We've got the the, the bulk tons coming from from uh, Beta Hunt and uh, the higher grade tons coming from Higginsville. It's taken a bit to get there, um, given the amount of development, as Paul mentioned with. Uh, with the capital works that we've been put into into Higginsville and the drilling that's been putting into there, so it's starting to pay dividends for us. That is all the time we have for questions. Mr. Hewitt, please proceed. Thank you. I just want to take a moment and thank everyone for joining us on this call today. We know that you guys are all very busy and you got a lot on your plate, so thank you very much. And and as a a gentle reminder, Oliver Turner, our executive vice president, will be going live here um, on a six uh, webinar here very shortly in about an hour. So I would encourage everyone uh, to go in and listen. Um, I'm sure it'll be a great, great event. Uh, thanks to all our shareholders and wish everybody um, a safe, safe time during this COVID era as we get through it. And um, have a great day, everyone. Thank you very much.
Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.